You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Hello, hello. Just retweeting the live feed. You're not last minute at all. <laughs> How's it going? It's pretty cool. People watch it on Twitter, too. Yeah, that's how this uh, program works. You can stream it on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Yeah, it's like significant. Time. I mean, right oh, now it's only showing one person watching it on Twitter, but I think we get like a Hello, like that one person. How's it going? A hundred people. <laughs> or That's pretty cool. Yeah. Technology. Ooh, Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's uh, Christmas. As you can tell, month we have here our... in Monerotopia. Jingle bells. This is this is a real tree, by the way. Yes. Can they see? Uh, this is Sunita's favorite <laughs> ornament. I Guys, know. I confession to make. I love potato chips. Really? Let's show, show them. that one. Let's get that up in there. It's a cute little potato chip. It is cute. Where'd you get this? Uh, Michael's. Well, we all got an ornament. The three of us. Yeah, wait, what did I get? You got oh, it's on the other side. It's um it's an RV with a very tropical Santa with uh glasses, hat, shorts. Oh, that's cool. Hanging out with a yeah, flamingo. Yeah. Oh, now I remember. And then, wait, and then what, little Franya has a little sushi. Oh, okay. sushi, right. She wanted sushi. She loves sushi. Seven years old and she loves sushi. It's her She's favorite. Obsessed with sushi. So I don't know how that happened. Very uh fun ornaments. <laughs> yeah, we need some Monero ornaments. Yeah. Is anybody doing that? Let us know, guys. Maybe. Anybody selling Monero ornaments for Monero? You got a customer right here. Come down. <laughs> Oh, speaking of of things. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Monero related swag or yeah. items. Hey it's really cool, actually. Coin power. Um, was it? I guess Mano Crypto. Mano. Yeah, Mano. Mano, Mano Crypto. Crypto. Who was like our most watched show? Like people loved the Mano Crypto interview. Yeah, yeah. People really liked it. Really excited. About I mean, that. it was a, it was a great talk. He's a super cool guy. If you haven't seen it yet, which I assume most of you already have, check it out. <laughs> yeah. But um, he he sent uh he makes these watches. That's really cool. I think he says it's the only Monero watch, the only one that I know of. That's cool. It's really cool. I like the box. And then oh, and then here is how it comes. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. I like that he has the Monero symbol on the outside of the box there. <laughs> oh, oh wait. This I don't even know. Scan this QR code to claim your smart contract. I will have to check that out. I don't even know it's what really that's cool about. Watch, but the watch itself is pretty cool. It. It's really cool. 
It's really pretty. Thank you, Coin Powers. Thank you, Mano Crypto. <laughs> yes, I don't know if it's is it coinpower.com? Uh guys, Google yes. Google Coin Power. Um, and you will find I don't know if you want to try to bring it up. I'm not a big watch. I don't I never wear a watch, but now I will. <laughs> Definitely wear it when I like dress up. I'll wear it when I dress up. Coin power. It's very cool. Coin power. Shoot up an arrow. Watches. Oh, and then it has on the inside of the watch. Get that. Yeah, we'll just oh yeah, this is it, I guess. Coin. Let me see. Let Men me share my screen. Yeah, did you see the, the inside? He has etched in there Monero because privacy matters. There you go. And actually, the back is really. Is this really is cool. it. Yeah, this is it, guys. You can see that, probably not. Yeah. So thank you, Mano. People check that out. It's really cool. If you're into watches. These are the pictures. Yeah, this is the box. It's really cute. The back is really cool. You know, it's not as nice as Fluffy Pony's eight hundred thousand ah. dollar. Actually, it is. That watch wasn't particularly nice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about watches, but it wasn't like. I think that thing was orange too. Sort of being watch, like, wait, what? Though. Why it's was really it eight hundred thousand dollars? It's really nice. So yeah, it's CoinPower.nl. So I'm gonna move this down. Check here. it out. Yeah. Hey. Oh. The pen. So that's cool. Really excited about that. Yes, definitely excited about that. Very cool, very cool. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, any updates on uh, Monerotopia? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what is that thing? Updates. I'm going to want to bring up the website. Yep, doing that now. So updates for this week. Well, I guess we can announce. We didn't put them up there yet, but Monerujo team will be giving a talk. I don't know who exactly from the team, but Andreas reached out to us. I think, I don't know if all of them will be there, but a few of them. Um, so they're going to be giving a talk. We'll be adding that to the website. So that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. So if you haven't gotten your tickets today, get them now. April 7th in Miami Beach, Florida. Curated by day, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uncensored by night. 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. No uncensored people reached out to us yet. <laughs> I mean, I, could, I think it's kind of still early. Yeah, it's people definitely People tend still to early. be just last minute. I think we were really we were really on the ball with this one. We started early. Yeah, yeah. we started really early. Hope that's uh, a good thing. I see Monero. Monero Con is trying. They're trying to. You know, they're trying to plan. I shouldn't say there because obviously we'd like to help as well. But we're obviously focused on this Monero Topia. But I see some progress being made there. So it looks like a Monero con will happen this year. Fingers crossed. This year? You mean next year? Well, next yeah, year, yeah. whatever, this season. We're still or in December. Don't fast forward. <laughs> um, and they were originally aiming for June, the end of June. I think they're meeting on it today, actually. There's a meeting about it today. Uh, we should know the time. I don't know the time. I think it's soon. It's like, uh, it might be right after this show, actually. Uh, they're going to meet, talk about it. They're still trying to figure out, I think, exactly where it's going to be. Um, Portugal seems like the top choice right now. End of June seems like the date. I'm requesting that they don't do it end of June because that's when Pork Fest is. Yeah. We, we, we are going, going to yeah, Pork, Pork Fest, Fest, guys. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It's not really? a Monero 
conference. It's just, uh, it's a festival. I mean, we talk about it on the show all the time now, right? But it's a festival, people hanging out in New Hampshire. All of them are like liberally loving people, family friendly, people <coughs> camping. You show up in a, uh, you bring your RV, you can camp there, you can stay in the motel, which is what we did. Yeah. There's a motel nice, on yeah. site. <laughs> and it's just thousands of people just hanging out. It's kind of, it's like a free for all. And uh, you show up, sell whatever you want. We sold coffee, but you could sell anything. And I mean anything. And you can buy <laughs> anything for Monero. Uh, we lived off Monero. All our food we purchased with Monero. Um, and then there's people giving talks. There's organized talks on the main stage. And they're all like liberty-focused things. And then there's also like mini talks. Like people just start setting up little, you know, at their campsites. They have like little stages and they'll be doing little talks there. So... We wanted to like organize a group of Monero people and um, just have a section where we all hang out and others at Porkfest can come and hang out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. uh, And there's lots of Monero people already there, which is awesome. And then plus you're just meeting a lot of people that maybe aren't totally into Monero yet. So it's it's just awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. It really was a lot of fun. We we don't want to miss that. And we yeah. want to start organizing. We'll be talking about it more and more on the show because we want to actually organize and get people to come. Which leads into the Telegram thing, right? Yeah. So we've created a Telegram group for uh, for Monerotopia. Um, literally, it's uh, hold on. It's literally Monerotopia on Telegram, and then uh, it's some. It, we're also on Matrix, so people can chat via Matrix and Telegram. So I'll put the the links in the chat and also they will be in the descriptions for those that are listening to the podcast. Um, and we have somebody helping us. Yeah, we have someone helping. Yep. So we're we'll be in there it. talking it up. Uh, we'll tell you, know, obviously you just everybody that watches the show, please join the telegram group. We'll be, I don't know. Chatting it away. Talking about Monero. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I want I want to use it as a way to coordinate things. So people that want to go to Pork Fest, uh, people that are going to Monero Topia, we can talk. So you know, if people want to coordinate to meet up or whatever, just I think it'll be useful. Yeah, it will be definitely for the Pork Fest thing. It'll be useful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because there is some coordination involved. We need to like figure out like how many campsites we want to reserve for everybody that's going to be down there. I want to try to find the people that. Or we met, remember, we met a decent amount of Monero people there, but we didn't really get their No, contact. we didn't get their contacts. One we or two that we interviewed. Them. Yeah. We, yeah, we interviewed a few. Remember the man the man in white? What was his name? Oh, uh, ah, I forgot his name. Yeah. We have to look back at our old the videos. The man in white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, we couldn't record his face. That and then we had that other, the other guy who was a, he was a gratuitous customer. Where he had that, he had the gun, the holster, and while he was talking, to oh us, yeah, 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 yeah. fan. He goes to Miner- um, Pork Fest all the time. Yeah, we have a playlist on our Monero Talk channel if you want to check out those interviews. But it's, we uh, we got to coordinate with those people. Let fest, them know. Yeah, we're trying to bring a Monero con- pirate chain. Was there? Remember? Oh yeah, they had a huge. <laughs> They had their own Set like they, they they invaded pork, which is another reason why we gotta go. You know, nothing nothing against pirate shape, <laughs> but come on, we need it. We need a Monero presence. It's pretty hilarious. And I don't yeah. want to miscarry. It's not like a crypto conference at, by any means, but pirate chain happened to just kind of turn it into that. They had like a big setup there. Yeah. Most people are just there doing their own thing, not really crypto related. Just happen to be into crypto and use crypto. 
Um, oh, so wait, back to Monerotopia yes. event. So we have Monero is your team, which we're announcing that right. now. They'll yeah. be one of our speakers. Oh, we have Andres and yeah, Andres and the team. Yeah, Andres and the team. Uh, and then this week I interviewed Sri Avin Aravindar. Yeah, Sri Aravindar, Krishna, the Yaga. It's a difficult name. Yes. Sri. He's, he's awesome. Sri. He's really nice. I had met him at Monero Khan in Denver. He's you know, super intelligent guy, uh, cryptographer, working on uh, ideas for essentially layer two on Monero, like Lightning Network on Monero. Lightning uh, layer two ideas in general, kind of improving the concept of Lightning Network and uh, the improvements he he's making or proposing would basically create something that would be usable for Monero. So really cool stuff because obviously that's that's something. You know, we always talk about here in Monero Land how eventually we're going to need our our own kind of version of of Lightning Network. Um, Monero obviously scales very well on the base layer, but ultimately we're going to need a, a layer two as well. So he's it's really it was a it was a great conversation, um, and I think he will might be a speaker as well. He was very enthusiastic about that. Yeah, we have an interview um, that we're working on. We haven't. We haven't closed the deal on that one, so. Um, but I'm hoping. There were some other names we had. I don't know if did we bring up. Like we were trying to get Mitchell, but it looks like he's not going to be able to do it. Who else? Uh, oh, Trevador. We were trying to get him. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. So we're slowly reaching out to you know the big the big names in the in the space, the the devs, the people that are doing the hard work, um, and we're trying. And you to get were yeah, you were trying to get more. Phil Zimmerman. Oh, Philip Zimmerman. Zimmerman. So yeah, yeah, he's not a Monero dev, um, but uh, you know anybody that has done a little research into you know the the roots of of you know uh, cryptocurrency probably has come across Philip Zimmerman. He was the guy that invented PGP, pretty good privacy. Um, which I don't know if people uh, follow that story, but I, I don't know. It was in the was it in the nineties? I think it was again the late night or early nineties uh, when that technology was basically uh, for a time considered a munition uh, by the U.S. government, and they tried to make it illegal for regular citizens to essentially use it. And there was a you know Supreme Court case, and it was found that you know it's they they you know essentially. Uh, it's not illegal using uh, like you know uh, encryption isn't a munition, uh, so pretty big deal. Paved the way for cryptocurrency in terms of technology and in terms of the the legal framework which wherein we look at these things. And it's kind of like the arguments that are going to be made uh, if you know it ever comes comes down to that where they potentially maybe try to ban Monero. Uh, if it ever came down to that, which I doubt, but you know, same arguments would be made as to why you know you you uh, you know legally wouldn't be able to ban Monero here in the United States. Um, so this guy is you know he's like one of the founding fathers, super cool guy. Um, and he called and me. he called me up. I sent him an email, <laughs> and he like got right back to me. Now he does he's he gets paid for these speaker spots. Um, 
I was Googling him. He showed, he's been at like one or two crypto conferences in the past. Uh, there was a YouTube video of him at one like three years ago. It's interesting. You guys could watch that. I thought it'd been cool to have him at the conference. It's, yeah, it's going to cost, it's going to cost a pretty penny to get him there. Um, we're in talks with them, trying to negotiate. If it's somewhat decent, maybe maybe we'll we'll try to do it. We had a great conversation. Actually, I spoke to him, and then he called me back. I spoke to him again. It's interesting because I mean, this guy has you know been around forever. Um, like I said, one of the founding fathers of you know cryptography as 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 we know it, um, and yet he's not. You know, obviously he knows about he knows about crypto, he knows about Bitcoin. Um, but it wasn't like he was super knowledgeable on Monero per se. Uh, but he's he was very interested he's very interested in Monero. Uh he does he he thinks we do need something like Monero that's uh more akin to digital cash. He sees the flaws in Bitcoin and he characterized it basically as that, the fact that it's you know built on a transparent ledger. Uh, and he's one of these guys that believes that we, you know, he has kind of these cypherpunk ideals thinking, you know, that we need something more akin to digital cash, uh, that's fundable, that's fungible, that's, uh, can't be tracked and traced. So it was interesting getting his perspective. And at the same time, he also had his concerns, you know, that, uh, technology like this could be used for nefarious things, which I found interesting, right? Cause here's the guy who invented pgp and he said i know you know i I know it's contradictory to say that because even you know pgp itself obviously had could be used for for good and bad and he was always aware of that and he would always uh you know he always realized that and would uh just make fundamental arguments as to why we should be okay with that as a society um, that we should be okay with a technology like this that could be used for for good and bad. So he has a very interesting perspective because he's you know up here from from day one's been looking at this stuff. He also uh, you know claims to you know or thinks he. I don't know. Should I say? He, he, I he, know, might, he might. He might know who uh, Satoshi Nakamoto is, but I, he didn't tell me who. But he he said he you know he might in fact know who he was not you know not that that means anything but i mean it wouldn't be surprising i mean he's he was from that small network of people that were working on these technologies so would be super cool to have him uh we'll continue to talk with him and see if if we could get him over here he's in europe it's another reason why it would be kind of expensive to get him to come but he he's he's pretty much down if we're willing to pay the fee Oh, and he's also open to taking a portion of it in Monero, which is super cool. Uh, and he, I was talking about, he's going to download Cake Wallet. I'm going to, you know, send him a little bit of Monero just to get him using it. So he's like, he's down. He's very interested. Um, so it's cool stuff, guys. Um, anything else for Monerotopia other than potentially getting Phil Zimmerman? I mean, just you know, check out the website. <laughs> oh, buy tickets, guys. Yeah, buy tickets. And again, special thanks to our sponsors. Um, Cake, Cake wallet, wallet, coin cards, coin cards. Anybody else that wants to sponsor, please reach out. We please haven't out. we haven't really tried to court 
any sponsors yet. These are people that uh, reached out to us, but we're going to need more, especially if we're going to try to get Phil's in. Yeah. <laughs> so I told him the price of the tickets. He was like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you guys probably won't be able to afford, afford me. me. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we will. If we get some sponsors, we could do it. I mean, we're not, we're not looking. We just want to not lose money. And I think we're going to no matter what. what? Yeah. Um, you want to make it as awesome as possible. But that's, you know, we got to make this good. We got to make this good. We will, we will. Yeah. It's like, you got to look at it as like we, our Monero after parties. They've yes. always been awesome. They've always been really good. Not going to I know. I um, so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try to get more sponsors because then I'll make things like Phil Zimmerman more possible. Because uh, that's the other thing too. We're, you know, even with our other speakers, we're, we're not giving them a lot of money, but we're going to be giving them some money to help uh, pay for their, their travel and stay. Um, yeah, what else we got to say about the event? Uh, I think that's really it for now. I guess ticket it's... prices might go up soon, guys. We didn't pick yeah, a yeah. day or like, I don't know if we're going to do it based on the amount that are sold as early bird or just a date, but at some point we're just going to raise it. So, so get your tickets. Get today. your tickets now. They're super cheap. Um, and it's going to eventually go up to whatever it is, hundred bucks. And then yeah, I think bucks. Yeah. They're going to go up to, yeah. hundred bucks. 99. So yeah, get your tickets today. Again, special thanks to our amazing sponsors, cake wallet and coin cards. And Oh, Miami. We're going Miami. down. Oh Miami. yeah. That's In another thing. Oh my God. So many things. The conference. We're going to the North American Bitcoin. Well, we're considering it. I don't know if we're going yet, but the North American Bitcoin Conference in Miami, which is like next month. Yeah, it's next month. It's uh the weekend, I believe, of like the fifteenth. It's like that Monday for three days. Yeah, Monday, we're trying, Tuesday, Wednesday. Trying to go down there as media, uh, do our thing, get in the door, interview a bunch of Bitcoin maxis. But we're being told it's kind of, you know, it's not like some Bitcoin extremist conference. It's more of a, a little bit more open-minded um, so that we'd be welcome there. So that would be cool. We're trying to do that, especially if we could get the, the press pass and we'll go down there and we'll do some good interviews and we'll talk up Monero. Uh, and we'll go check out the venue in person, um, which we're reserving for Monerotopia. It would be good so we could like actually meet, you know, Make sure that's all. Yeah, just make, make sure, sure it's it real. <laughs> yeah, it actually exists. <laughs> um, anything else we want to bring up on during our other than that? I mean, we had our section. recent chit chat, our recent interview, Joel Valenzuela. Oh yeah. For those that haven't checked it out, because I think we published it like a couple of days ago, so check that interview out. That was good. He's a big pork fest guy. Also, uh, he lives in New Hampshire. This guy's been living off crypto. Like that's his claim to fame. He's been living off crypto since like 2015 or something, or maybe 2016. But he's been he's an, he's an old school crypto guy, and he's like one of the first to really try to start completely living off of it. He's a big Dash guy. Um, you know, at Porkfest, Dash is one of like the the big coins there. It was like Bitcoin Cash, Dash, Monero. Um, but yeah, he likes Monero as well. So it was cool talking to him and we had a very civilized conversation and he reached out to me. He's going to, I think, try to put together a video of how to live off of Monero, like tools to use off tools to use for that. He, you know, saying he was asking me if he thinks there's a need for that. People would like want to see a video for that. I said, yeah, 100%. So that's cool. 
So uh, even Dash people like like Monero. <laughs> You're getting everyone to cross over. Everyone, guys. Everyone, everyone. So uh, yeah, I guess um, let's move on. If there's nothing else move to chit chat about, um, we're moving on to our price report segment. Woohoo! The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Hey, Fungible. Hey, how's it going? Oh, he's muted. Hey, Fungible. Hello, hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. How are you? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. Always takes like a couple of seconds because I have like two buttons to unmute. No worries. Okay, great. You can see my screen. Yes, I can see your screen now. All right. So um, good morning. Good morning. I feel like uh, since since starting the price report, the price has only been going down in crypto. <laughs> We've uh, well, <laughs> just like Moniro with me. <laughs> What's that? Just like Moniro, you gotta have patience with me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're tried and tested around here. We're not not, not even phase. <laughs> yeah, it's just a testing phase, right? So. Great. So, um, shall I get started then? Yeah. Great. Uh, So, like before, I'm just going to speak about uh, the market sentiment, what's going on this week, some support and resistances on the technical charts for Monero and the network fundamentals. But I'm going to uh, add a few more things this time. So let's, I'm going to start with Bitcoin because, you know, that's what is driving the market at this moment in time. So I'm going to just go through uh, because that's what kind of dictates the market sentiment to begin with. Uh, So let me just go through the Bitcoin chart against the US dollar. Uh, This is the daily chart of Bitcoin. And uh, right now uh, we are still struggling to break the uh, 51,000, 52,000 resistance. However, at the same time, we see on the RSI, we are on uh, on, a bit on the oversold side, which is a good thing because it's kind of creating a buy opportunity. From uh, my analysis, it's basically uh, uh, accumulation zone that is happening. But of course, uh, the the lower zone is going to be 40,000, which was the previous uh, support which you know we should not break that that's the, the 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 main concern but from what i see right now there is a lot of accumulation that is happening at these levels of 47 48 and also rsi being on the uh, oversold side on a weekly basis uh, i mean this is still the same thing however you know the rsi is it's is a neutral zone right now that is to say uh, there still could be some blood on the streets but I, I think it's it's a lot of accumulation is happening as we speak. Um, let's come to the XMR chart. What's going on uh, on a daily time frame? Uh, you see that this is uh, on the um, the ascending channel. Uh, we see that the 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 um, the Monero has broken uh, the the key resistance of two hundred twenty dollars. But at the same time, we see that the RSI is oversold. So we are kind of at this uh, point of $200, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. <clears throat> Nothing interesting is happening at the moment. But from what I see, it's uh, it's it could be a good time for accumulation. 
However, I want to just point out this interesting part in the chart, which is, uh, let's say on the daily time frame, you see that there was a, these are all the resistances and support. So when a particular support breaks, it becomes automatically resistance. So 120 and 180 are support at the moment, whereas 220 and 300 resistance. So you would see what happens is, what happened before is like, we tried to break 300 a couple of times. However, when it was rejected for the third time, it had to break down. So it broke down, down below. And now it's, it's, it's below this 220. Uh, what I see in the coming uh, days or week is that we might try to test 180 support once more. And I expect it to bounce back because if we don't bounce back, if we break this uh, with, with high volumes, then we will be going down. However, I see from the RSI and other indicators that we have getting some kind of accumulation in this zone. And the best thing that could happen to Monero is going back and testing this $220 and, and then breaking out of it. So uh, that could be the uh, one of the best things to happen that it basically breaks, uh, goes on the upper side. So this is on the on the daily time frame. However, on the weekly time frame, we see that RSI is basically oversold. It is going down. So uh, you know, selling has kind of waned up. So we should gain some momentum to actually touch the 180 and then go back up. That's my uh, fair guess. Uh, so uh, let's see. Also on the Bollinger Band side, we see that we are on the uh, lower channel. That means uh, we are oversold. A lot of indications coming that we are oversold around 180. So it's it's a good time to accumulate, in my opinion. No financial advice, of course. Uh, so so let's see what's going on in the market as we speak. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think. The whole market is is kind of in the accumulation zone at this moment, and Monero is sticking up with its top 50, so which is which is pretty good. And let's see what's also happening on the. Oh yes, uh, this is an interesting part: the crypto funding rate. So we see all the derivative exchanges, you know, uh, usually are on leverage when we are in a bullish momentum. But the good thing is that uh, it's all basically being reset to zero, zero percent. That means that. Uh, the deleveraging in the market has happened and uh, there are not like accumulation of long positions in the market. So basically we are back into neutral. Uh, and that is also a good thing because now the momentum can build up after some kind of accumulation. As far as the uh, fear and greed is concerned, uh, it's a good news that we are in extreme fear. Uh, and you would see that we are at all time lows of fear. Uh, in fact, even if you go back to the maximum, it's 16 is pretty low. One year we are at the lowest at, actually, uh, it's, it's yeah, pretty much the lowest. We could see some more blood in the coming week, but I don't expect too much. Uh, and three months low and one month low, as you can see. So this is like the lowest we could go more or less, but we could see some, uh, I, I would, I would like all these four to be red and then, uh, take a little bit of time to go ahead. Also, I want to talk about, you know, there is either a bull market or there is bear market, but we have to always get an indication of which side of the market are we in. Are we on the bullish side or the bearish side? But uh, ironically, we would see that the hash rate of Bitcoin as a network is was 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 peaked up around, uh, you see here the date, it was around May when the we saw the, the all-time highs and 
there was a China food fear, uncertainty, doubt when you know the Chinese miners migrated and then went to the US. The, the hash rate went down. Now we are at all-time highs again. It's so this you, always happens as a precursor to a price increase. So when the, the the miners, you know, expect the expectation of miners for a profit is is when they get in because during a bear market, of course, the hash rate goes down. So this is uh, no surprise that the miners are getting in, wanting to gain more Bitcoin uh, for, of course, uh, an increase in the uh, yeah miner throughput. Um, yeah, this is some other interesting information I got. <laughs> the 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 number of uh, Monero active nodes distribution across globe. Uh, yeah, of course, this is uh, nothing to do with price, but just to kind of note about the decentralization. Uh, we also see some nodes in China. That's uh, I, I don't know how that is got because uh, everybody must be using many people must be using Tor uh, to. Uh, change their IPs. But anyways, this was like uh, just an off note. Yeah, most of those, obviously those locations aren't accurate, right? Most people are using Tor. Yeah, the thing is, uh, uh, as a Monero node, some people want to give, uh, you know, expose their IP addresses, but some people also use VPN. Mm -hmm. So uh, it could be a different location. But anyways, this is, <laughs> most of this is concentrated in Europe and US. Makes sense. But it's decentralized, as we can see. And one last thing I wanted to point out is that I was reading through an interesting paper, which was released somewhere in 2020 and update 2021. How much is privacy worth around the world and across platforms? So I just want to show this part. Uh, yes, it's here. So uh, this is interesting because it's basically there's an interesting graph here. What it talks about is across countries, people place the highest value on keeping financial and biometric information private, balance and fingerprint data in particular. And there is an interesting graph I wanna share. Yes, this one. Sure. So this is like, you know, you have advertisements, you know, like uh, you run GPS on your phone, sharing location and, you know, sharing voice data, browsing history, which is more interesting for a customer, I think. Like as this paper says very clearly, it's like sharing of financial information, bank balance is 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 more valuable to people. And this is like a precursor to what might be coming in the future because this is like a, uh, let's say human psychology, which people don't want to share this. And even if they want to share this, even if they want to share the bank balance, they want to ask like, uh, this is like an average of the consensus, $8 USD per person. I know it's maybe not a lot. But this is, even as compared to fingerprint sharing, sharing of bank balance is uh, more private to people. Oh, wow. And, yeah, Makes sense. Uh, yeah. and uh, there was a page here, yes. So average across countries, people seem to be more averse to sharing financial bank balance and biometric fingerprint and less averse to receiving ads and sharing the location. So yeah, I just wanted to uh, give Very a bit cool. of a rant is, on that. What is that paper? Yeah, I can share you this uh, after this. This is like from a technology policy institute. I also saw online. Yeah, maybe we'll try to get them to an interview. Yeah, it could cool. be good. Uh, they were these guys. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeffrey Prince and Scott Walston, technology cool. policy institute. Yeah, uh, I think that's all from my side. Awesome, man. This uh, Your presentations are getting better and better. 
this this one was was great. Well, thank Good you. Job, fungible. Loving it. Loving it. Awesome. I hope Thanks. everybody else is. We yeah, should uh, we should mention again. Um, this segment is sponsored by Local Monero, uh, and uh, let's let's check. You want to bring up Local Monero real yeah, quick? Sure, sure. Let's bring it up. Let's bring it up, my friend. Bring it up. <laughs> I'll share. Takes me a second to right here. Oh, is it not? There you go. I don't know why it's not why showing it for you. Someone? I don't know. All right, well, you say what? What are the prices? I can't. I can't see it from here. I don't know. Yeah, oh, there, there it goes. Go. That's delayed. Uh, so it's about two hundred bucks for a Monero in the United States right now on local Monero, and then if you scroll down, you see the cash price. So if you want to buy Monero for cash on local Monero, it's uh, a little higher. There's always a, a premium there, so it's around ranging from looks like two thirty to two fifty. Uh, but yeah, local Monero, the one of the best, if not the best way to, you know, obtain Monero without KYC AML, peer to peer, no exchanges. Um, yeah, local Monero. Do it up, guys. Thanks again, a fungible. That's awesome. Um, so it seems like we're we're consolidating. Is is the is the yeah the long yeah, yeah, as it looks like at the moment, I th my only uh, my only support is one eighty dollars. Your oh, one hundred eighty is the support. Yeah, it's a support, and I, I I see that not breaking in the coming time because we have kind of been consolidating. But the only thing is, if if the whole market breaks, I don't know because of the external factors or the whole uh, Bitcoin Ethereum because you know we are kind of dependent on that. If that breaks, then Monero can break down. Mm. So, but we'll see how it goes. But I think, yeah, we are doing pretty much fine. Consolidation is always good. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing we can do otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I ignore the price anyway. I think most people in Monero land do. We've we've become very accustomed to it. Well, if it goes I'm, down, we accumulate more. <laughs> exactly, more more for us. We imagine buying Bitcoin at uh, sub two hundred, right? So that's where we are. Um, it's, it's exciting if you're if you're into Monero, you understand Monero. These are I, I think it's exciting times right now. Um, all the all the other indicators, the non-price indicators, are, are positive and going up. Um, hash rate, uh, transaction count, amount of people that are developing on Monero. Um, so it's it's all to the right and up, which is nice to see. And also one thing I actually saw was uh, Monero has the third uh, top development, develop, how do you say, the contribution in development. So first is Bitcoin, second is Ethereum. Now Solana is also coming there in terms of GitHub activity. So Monero is like third or fourth. So that's uh, pretty interesting in terms of technology. Yeah, I mean, it's insane, right? And it's number 50 in, in on coin market cap. So, I mean, the disconnect is just, tremendous between what Monero is actually achieving as a technology versus what the market is valuing it. It's insanely undervalued compared to other cryptos. I don't know what, what's going on All here. Right. Why is well, it? no, you're good. Over here. Your computer's okay, having issues. No, we're good. We're good here. But thank you so much, A-Fungible. We appreciate your time and for your price report. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I'll sign off. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Sure.
All right, let's move on to our next, our guest segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. All righty right. here. Hi, Linus. How's it going? Thank you for joining us. Hi, Zanita. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? Good, Good man. Good. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's actually my very first podcast ever. Oh, wow. Well, really? Congratulations. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, thanks. You, picked, you picked the right one. I know. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I yeah, we, want, we wanted to have you on. Uh, you reached out to us. You're helping us with getting guests and some other things with regards to Monero Talk and Monerotopia. So greatly appreciate that. Um, and I think you landed a pretty good guest for us, right? Potentially? Uh, potentially, yes. Um, I'm still... What's the guy's name? We could say it even though it's not a... Who is the guy? You yeah, it's uh, it's Nikolai Binner. He's a German comedian and stand-up guy. And he has like a 65K following on YouTube. Awesome. And uh, he talks a lot about uh, free speech and censorship in Germany. And he also accepts um, donations in Monero. So I thought I'm, he might be interested. And, yeah, uh, he, I'm excited to have that conversation. You know, it's, it's nice to talk to people that aren't purely, you know, Monero maniacs that actually, uh, you know, are, are into other things, but overlap with the ideals of Monero. So I think that's going to be a, an interesting conversation. Yeah, that's true. I think so, too. Yeah. Cool, man. And then we also wanted to just chat with you because in talking with you, you had mentioned that you wrote a paper on monero or privacy coins in general right making a comparison what what exactly was that 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 paper and what was it for let's get into that a little bit i thought that was interesting yeah it's my master's thesis for my uh, university university degree um and it's not specifically about privacy coins more in uh, cryptocurrencies in general um and uh, it's actually written in german <laughs> because i studied in germany um but i'm going to talk about it in English. So I guess most of your audience is English speaking. But I was also thinking, uh, you linked it in the description in uh, for the podcast. So because I know that a lot of people in Germany are Monero fans, or the other way around, a lot of the Monero community is in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think maybe someone's interested from Germany and wants to read it. Um, yeah, and it's about um, cryptocurrencies as a medium of exchange. So, um, what were kind of your conclusions? What did you, what did you arrive at? Yeah. So, um, in my thesis, I um, described the properties of money, um, which are scarcity, divisibility, durability, transportability, and Last but not least, fungibility. I guess most of Monero people know that. Um, and I picked several cryptocurrencies, the cryptocurrencies that aim to be a medium of exchange. Uh, the 10 biggest ones at that time, which is like um, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Dash, Zcash, Decrypt, and some others, and Monero. And I analyzed them regarding their properties of money 
and I came to the conclusion that they all fulfill four of the five properties, some better, some less good, but more or less they all fulfill them, except fungibility. So um, I also described what fungibility is and why it's important. And um, while Zcash, Dash, and now Pirate Chain and so on, fulfill fungibility to a certain degree, but only Monero fully fulfills the property of fungibility. So I arrived to the conclusion that in the long run, um, currently, we don't know what the future holds, but the current state of cryptocurrency, only Monero can and will be used as a medium of exchange. There are some uncertainties, um, especially with uh, Lightning Network or in general, the, the second layer solutions. Um, but right now, I think there are too many, um, um, how to say, weaknesses, attack vectors uh, in the Lightning Network that can be exploited, haven't been exploited yet as far as I know, but they can be exploited. And also the privacy is pretty weak in the Lightning Network. I think it was a few days ago that, I guess it was Chainalysis, one of the Chainalysis companies announced that uh, Lightning Network is compatible with AML and um, CFT regulations. So it's probably not fungible on the Lightning Network. Um, and I was also researching the scalability issue because um, it's not part of the properties pro properties of money in the classical sense, but it's also important for cryptocurrency to function. And there's this problem as well for Bitcoin and also Litecoin and most of the other coins, Zcash as well, that they can't scale pretty good in the long run, which is as well maybe solved by the Lightning Network, but there are problems with it, like the, the um, potential weaknesses. Um, and so I found out that Monero also solves this problem pretty good with the dynamic block size. And also, which is pretty unknown, I think, is the zero confirmation transactions. So with Monero, it's possible to confirm a transaction within seconds. So there's this issue that is sometimes talked about that you can't pay with cryptocurrencies in a supermarket because you can't wait uh, 10 minutes at the cashier. But with Monero, Monero it would potentially be um, possible. Um, so yeah, and this is like the first part um, I talked about in my paper. Very cool, man. Is it, uh, uh, yeah, um, one moment, <laughs> sure. is it possible for Monero to become money or for cryptocurrency because they fulfill the properties of money? So I came to the conclu conclusion, yes, Monero can be a medium of exchange or money. Um, but also I discussed if it's likely because mm. right now Monero or crypto in general is not used by the masses of people to pay. Now we have uh, El Salvador, but it's still 
the bigger picture says right now it's not used as a currency. Mm -hmm. um, and I analyzed that and I came to the conclusion that it highly depends on the central banks around the world if they keep inf if they keep inflation low as it has been for the like last 10 years except the last one and a half years um, or if they continue printing more and more money and also if they will abandon cash in the near future mm. so if they stay like they have been the last 10 years except for the last one and a half years with inflation rates lower than five percent and with cash available i think if did if this would be the case monero wouldn't prevail in the masses but i think um on this topic cbdc's central bank digital currencies will be a huge catalysator if that's an english word not sure catalyst yep, yep. Catalyst, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for Monero. So if that will be coming and it's most likely, then I think Monero will be widely used. Very cool. So you see the the advent of CBDCs as being the catalyst that will potentially push people into using crypto for actual digital cash purposes. Yes, I think beyond, so. Beyond speculation. And in terms of... I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're seeing lots of money printing going on uh, around the world um, that that's pushing people into crypto right now. You're, but you're saying as long as that, I mean, if that continues, we're going to continue to push more people into crypto, no? Yes, yes, more and more. But they mostly use it as a store of value. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure about the state of the crypto market. It's pretty difficult to determine, but uh, yeah, for sure, um, the money printing pushes people into crypto, but there's also other things going on with Tether and not sure <laughs> what they are doing. So I'm not that sure how much money is flowing into crypto. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Good points. Good points uh, that it might be more tether printing than, than anything else. Do you so do you see there being any other potential catalysts other than CBDCs uh, or the elimination of, of real cash that will kind of nudge people into actually using crypto for its intended purpose? Uh, yes, I think these are the biggest catalysts and that will they will push Monero and it can't be held back then. But um, there's also um, some processes going on for the last one or two years. Um, and I think it can be summarized as um, governments around the world making things illegal that have been legal for the last 10 years or whatever. And if, if they keep um, illegalizing things that are quite normal and continue with that, I think that's also a catalyst for Monero. I heard that uh, it's getting more and more regular that people getting their bank accounts um, canceled because they donate to the wrong political party movement or whatever. So that's also a catalyst for Monero, I think, because right now it might be possible with Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is traceable. so. That could be also a problem in the future, which is only being solved by Monero 
or if you use Zcash and um, Pirate Chain properly, they could also solve it. But Monero is the most easy to use. So, so basically, as as governments become more tyrannical around the world, which is unfortunately the current track we're on, um, people are going to open their eyes more towards uh, cryptos like Monero. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, uh, great points, man. Great points. I wish I was able to read German. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to bring up from the paper? So, what what was your degree in? What was what was what were you trying to get a degree in from when you wrote that paper? Yeah, I majored in. I guess it's business administration mm -hmm. or business management. Don't know the exact translation, but yeah, that's the case. So. Um, I had to um, negotiate with my professor a little bit because business administration is not economics and the part I was talking about is more like economics, monetary theory. Um, so I had to split my master thesis into two parts and the first, first part was um, the part I was talking about and the second part is um, also the influence of cryptocurrencies on companies and uh, yeah, the, the the business segment. Very interesting. Did you look at uh, black markets and how crypto is being used there? And, you know, we always talk about how people are transitioning into Monero over there. Vendors are, are requesting Monero versus uh, Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Did you look into that at all? Just a little bit. Uh, I didn't, mm, I didn't make it a big topic because um, Monero was the, the result of my findings, so to say, but it was in general about cryptocurrencies. But there was one part in my thesis where I talked about it, um, and it was, um, I called it industries with high preference for privacy, um, namely gambling and adult entertainment, where they prefer cryptocurrencies and especially Monero to um, stay private. And I also had one example. I think there was a, a porn site which got their um, banks bank accounts cancelled, and now I think they only accept cryptocurrencies and also Monero. Very cool, man. I mean, we, we've talked about it on the show a little bit uh, in Germany. There's a there's a large uh, contingent of people that use cash in their daily lives, right? In Germany. Yes. Yes. So do you, do you see? Mon uh, Monero, like you said, there's there's a large Monero community in Germany. Um, do you see that growing? Do you see Germany as kind of being a, a good petri dish for for the growth of Monero in the real world beyond places like dark markets? Do you see it kind of being one of the early adopter places, given that there's already this uh, appeal to using cash? Um. I think so, yes, but I'm not actually sure because uh, I don't know many people personally in Germany that are using Monero. Probably part of the reason is because Monero people tend to stay private. <laughs> but um, I think there was a, a bar in Berlin back then. They uh, had Monero meetups and accepted Monero. And um, there's also a sticker guy, I think, he got also some notice in Reddit and he has a Telegram group and um, he distributed Monero stickers and 
if you walk through Berlin, you notice there are Monero stickers everywhere. So I guess there are a lot, lot of people buying, buying or getting these stickers and um, planting them. So I think so, yes, Germany has a good case for Monero because of their love for cash and also a big community in Germany. But I don't know actually more to it because I don't live in Germany anymore. I um, live in South America now, so the connection is um, not there anymore in person. All right, man. Linus, thank you so much. We're going to try to push ahead because uh, I think there's the that Monero community meeting that's happening uh, with regards to MoneroCon. So we should probably try to wrap up Monerotopia so yeah. okay. people can so, join that. Thank you so much, man. And thanks for helping out with the show. Thanks for helping out with uh, getting us guests. Um, we'll obviously be in touch. Do you think you'll be going to Monerotopia potentially? Um, I don't know if I can go. Okay. There are some factors that keep me <laughs> not going. Say, <laughs> say no more. Everybody, everybody yeah. <laughs> dealing with factors these days. It's it's pretty it's pretty scary. Uh, it's, it's hard hard yeah, to right. Yes, it is. Do you want to move on to the new segment? Yeah, let's move on to the new segment, okay. and we'll we'll try to do it fast. Linus, please please stay on if you can, um, and then we'll bring up anybody else that wants to jump on stage. But first, we're going to run through the news. All right, and now for our weekly news segment. Very dramatic. Uh, so dramatic. So dramatic. Let's bring it up. What do we got? Avino website updated. Now there are uh, there are more info, a blog, and FAQ section, which also includes an explanation of the differences with BIS. So yeah, guys, check that out. Havino is making progress, which is nice to see. Um, they're aiming to be the kind of Monero-based version of BISC. BISC is a decentralized exchange. Havino is going to be a new version of BISC, but based on Monero, uh, which is really exciting. So it's just going to be yet another utility that the community you have for the purposes of um, exchanging your Monero for other cryptos in a decentralized way. So it's exciting to see them making developments. I think I read on their site that they're aiming to launch at the end of 2022 um, and we'll be reaching out to them. Hopefully we could get maybe somebody who's working on the project to come and present at Monerotopia, which would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a report that examines the use of Bitcoin and Monero by right wing extremists. So yet another uh, one of these articles reports pointing out that, you know, over- nefarious groups or whether you consider them nefarious or not but some certain subset subculture is uh using monero and bitcoin because of its censorship resistant qualities just you know frustrating to see people pointing it out in a negative light uh when they can be pointing out the positive fact that these technology works as intended as digital cash and that's how people are using it. Um, and you can pinpoint and get upset about the fact that certain groups are using it. Uh, but it just shows that it works, guys. Uh, so once again, another report saying Monero works as intended. Unfortunately, it's uh, completely permissionless and anybody anywhere can use it, whether or not you agree with the opinions of the groups of people that are using it. 
And obviously those that are going to be adopting it first are the ones that need it most. And I guess uh, this particular group is one of those groups that feels that they need it uh, in order to function. Um, but what might be right-wing extremists today may be another minority group um, that, uh, you know, might need it tomorrow that you may align with morally. So just another one of those reports. Sienna Swap adds Bitcoin, Monero, trading pairs. So super exciting there. Um, so now you can use Sienna Swap to, you know, yet again, another, another way to exchange between Monero and other cryptos in a, de in a somewhat decentralized manner. Uh, I don't uh, completely understand Sienna Swap enough to say how decentralized it is, but yet another avenue, another way, another on-ramp for going between Monero and other cryptos. I'm going to start to explore it a little bit. Um, the secret network and Sienna Swap, uh, I, I want to look into those liquidity pools that are now there that you, know, you can essentially... Uh, put your Monero up uh, for liquidity purposes. You can get interest on your Monero and then you're providing the liquidity that's necessary for people that want to swap between these tokens. So it's exciting to see progress being made there. Super cool. We don't need centralized exchanges, guys. We got plenty of other things that are being built like atomic swaps, like Havano uh, and things like... Uh, you know, Sienna Swap that are going to be taking the place. Thorchain. There's there's so much happening where uh, we're we're no longer going to need these uh, centralized entities to swap in and out of Monero. Uh, Justin had a, tweeted to um, Jesse Powell of Kraken, and he's saying, "Did the FCA change their stance on privacy coins technologies? Question mark Or did Coinbase convince the FCA that Dash?" Zek are okay because chain analysis companies can make money selling tools for those despite Zcash's privacy by default marketing. So basically Coinbase went ahead, Coinbase, I think UK, um, went ahead and added um, or re-added Zek and Dash. So, you know, it leads to the question of, all right, so why is why is Coinbase able to add uh, Zek and 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 Dash, Zcash and Dash and not Monero. Uh, is it that the FCA changed their stance on privacy coins and now they're just going to allow them to add any privacy coins, which I hate calling them privacy coins, uh, in including Monero? Or um, is it that, you know, Coinbase is just adding Dash and Zcash um, because they can essentially still uh trace those coins as needed uh and jesse powell's response if you can scroll down sunita was the latter so you know the fact that wait, if you scroll back up there so basically yeah chain analysis companies as as arctic mine um was was basically uh, purporting is or or, or or Arctic Mines theory is that the chain analysis companies are the ones that are putting pressure on exchanges to delist Monero because they don't have a, a means of offering a tool 
uh, that can track and trace Monero. Chain analysis companies can't sell their services uh, to exchanges for tracking and tracing Monero because they have no no means of doing it. They have no service to sell, which is why they're okay with coins like Dash and Zcash being on centralized exchanges uh, because then they can sell their their services, their chain analytic services to to those companies for 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 tracing those coins, but there's nothing that they can sell to those companies with regards to Monero. So they're kind of pushing those companies to delist Monero, but are okay with them having these other coins. So it's just very enlightening to see that uh, Jesse Powell, CEO of Kraken, is essentially uh, agreeing with what Arctic Mine um, was guessing to be the case, that it is just chain analysis the chain analysis companies putting pressure on exchanges, which is why we're seeing these delistings of Monero. What else we got there? Uh, related, so there was a tweet that chain analysis will support Lightning Network transaction monitoring. So once again, um, chain analysis companies selling their ability to track and trace to uh, exchanges, and now they're saying they have the ability to do it for Lightning Network. So if you thought Lightning Network was going to be the thing that turns Bitcoin into digital cash and makes Monero useless, uh, it's obviously not. Um, Chain analytics companies, we don't know how or what exactly they're doing, but they seem to be able to provide some means of tracking and tracing Lightning Network transactions, and they're offering a tool uh, for companies that that need to uh, you know stay compliant uh, because of KYC AML regulations, and they've now added LN. And uh, as far as we know, no such tool exists for Monero. I guess the day that you know we do see Monero added to Coinbase means that you know it can be <laughs> tracked and traced by chain analysis company, or maybe that's just the day they've moved on, given up, and everybody realized the jig is up, guys. You can't track and trace Monero, but you're going to have to live with it. And the best thing you could probably do is add it to exchanges so at least you get some information on who is obtaining Monero. I personally am okay with centralized exchanges adding Monero. You have, (laughs) I guess, people that are even more diehard than me that don't even want to see Monero on these KYC AML exchanges. But as I'm sure everybody's heard my argument, I'm fine with that. It's just another on-ramp. Yes, we want people uh, obtaining their Monero in the most decentralized way possible without KYC AML. But if you had to get any crypto in in a in a in a way that does require KYC AML, probably the best way you can do it is by obtaining Monero. Because at least when you pull it off the exchange, you can't be tracked and traced thereafter. But that was big news. Um, and the untraceable posted this morning. On December 1st, one of the only remaining holders of Zcash announced that they bought another $85 million worth, sending the asset into a uh, 23% decline. So Barry uh, Silbert, or Shilbert, people like to call him as he loves to shill his his coins. Uh, I don't know if it was a week or two ago where he said you know, he's doubling down, essentially buying more Zcash. He obviously already owns a ton of it. He funds a lot of the, uh, you know, companies that are pro Zcash, uh, the exchanges that we see that uh, have Zcash but don't have Monero. 
and it looks like his his shield didn't really work as uh, you know Zcash continues to 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 go down in price. Not a big Zcash fan, guys. <laughs> uh, Cake Wallet. Cake Wallet is doing a giveaway. So Cake Wallet's five thousand in Bitcoin. They're giving away five thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Uh, which I guess if you want it, you could exchange it into Monero. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. We're giving away Bitcoin versus Monero, and so ten people are going to win five hundred bucks each. Uh, we we didn't participate in this. No, yet. we, we got we, we got to jump on. Yeah, this. we'll get lucky. <laughs> so guys, check that out. Super cool. Ten people will win five hundred bucks each. You just have to I don't know. Re- read the directions there. Post your Cake Wallet Bitcoin receive screen. Tag two friends. Follow Cake Wallet, and then they're going to pick ten winners. December 25th so yeah um and last but not least last but not least get check out the ccs um there's some ideas that are or things that are in the idea stage that need to uh, or may make their way over into the funding stage so a way to help the process is to go in there and comment on them whether or not you think they're good ideas or bad and if you think they're good and you write some comments there, it will help move them over to the funding stage. The ETH XMR atomic swaps is one of them. Uh, that was put up by uh, Elizabeth, who is going to be one of the speakers at Monerotopia. So uh, show your support, guys. Jump on there. Um, you know, this is not even about donating yet. Just, just you know, comment. It, all that all that stuff helps. It helps uh, helps the ecosystem and helps move what are you know helps us sort out the good ideas from the bad ones and move them into the funding stage cool, yeah. and monericon's on there as well uh, obviously that's a hot topic and like i said i think they're <laughs> going to be talking about that today right like the yeah. next i think now they might even be on oh whoops all right um so yeah that concludes our news let's bring up anybody that wants to jump on stage and we can have a we can have a quick little chat here we're already over the hour i think we went we went long with our intro right yeah we, we just had a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. it's usually sometimes much shorter yeah. than that but it's all been good stuff let's uh, uh it's the it. viewers on stage segment it's that time where we invite you the viewers up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today ask the guest a question or maybe talk about one of the news topics Come on down. I know, so cheesy, but it worked. Come on, I gotta change that. (laughs) But I'll uh, post the link in uh, the chat to see if uh, anyone else wants to quickly jump on, say hello, uh, ask a question to our guest or anything that we've discussed on uh, the news segment. Yeah, we got a bunch of people watching, guys. Jump up, jump up. Jump on. We have uh, Nick here. Hi, Nick. Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for joining. I'm doing on. good. How's it going? Absolutely, it's going great. Um, yeah. Go ahead, man. Hello. Oh, I think you got cut off. You got cut off. Oh. Got censored. Oh no. Yeah, I think he had a a question about Lightning Networks. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes. We can. Awesome. So I was reading Chainalysis uh, um, documents. Oh, you're we're losing you, Nick. Oh, we got Arctic Mine got on. Arctic. Arctic, jump on. Yeah. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. Glad you can join us. How's everything? Yeah, very interesting uh, um, uh, talk today. Awesome. Glad to yeah. hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, were you listening to Linus's uh, talk? Yes, I was. Yes, yes, and I actually. Um, 
uh, took a quick glance at his uh, thesis on parts of it. My German is not that good, but I can um, get some feeling for it. Um, and, and the points that he was making, which is kind of interesting. Oh, I speak um, German too. What, what is it? That I can read. Oh, I can right. read some German, and I can use translating tools. Awesome. So that's that's kind of how I work around that one. I uh, so but I for understanding it very little. I'm just gonna jump over to Nick because he's a he's a first timer on stage here, and I think he has a question. Nick, what, what's going on, man? Hello. Yeah, is my is my is my mic yeah. working now? Yeah, yeah okay. I think we got you now. I can see you. So I was on uh, Chain Alice's. Oh. oh. Maybe no video. Do no video. I see what's happening. When I switch tabs, my uh, mic cuts off. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, on the Chain Alice's API documentation, it looks like they're using the unique transaction ID hash for each lightning payment and then linking that to a timestamp and providing that information to uh, exchanges, I guess. So I guess in some ways, some transactions, you can actually you know, tag them to a specific person and then do it that way. I'm not even sure how they're able to detect you know, which transaction is okay and which one's not. Yeah, I have no understanding as to what what information they're actually able to gleam off of the Lightning Network and what they're actually providing. Um, Arctic Mind, do you have any insight there? So we see Chain Analysis Company saying they now offer a tool to help uh, you know gain information on the Lightning Network for purposes of complying. Let me be blunt here. How are they going to tell apart a taproot transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain? that is a lightning network funding or closing of a channel and an atomic swap with Monero? I don't know. Good question. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I mentioned this because coming after Taproot, I find it really interesting that Chainalysis is saying this. Um, I disagree with the idea that they can trace Bitcoin effectively. In fact, uh, my point of view is that they can't. In fact, that what they're selling on Bitcoin is it's really borders of surveillance theater. I mean, they're not really tracing anything. They're giving the illusion of surveillance to regulators and to um, exchanges. And that's kind of what they're saying. And, 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 and the problem is, um, and when people are saying, you know, would you use uh, Monero in a KYC exchange, there's no risk of fundamental incompatibility with KYC. KYC is not your customer. It's KYT, the marketing slogan of Chainalysis, where the Monero is a conflict because the transactions are, are hidden. The real danger, I think, with Bitcoin, in particular with any coin where you can do it, is that you're going to be falsely accused. It's that you have ineffective surveillance and you could be falsely accused of a serious terrorist act, for example, or uh, engaging in, in serious criminal activities in a completely innocent fashion. And uh, it's interesting you know, I mentioned this because when we did the uh, response to the EU, one of the scenarios we had is we had a scenario where a person was framed in an act of terrorism and they were completely innocent. And all they had to do is for the uh, merchant, pay with Bitcoin to a merchant, the merchant gets a victim, uh, a victim of extortion. And this is done off chain, so there's nothing on the chain. The, those Bitcoins go to the hands of a criminal or criminal organization. They then in turn take those, those Bitcoins from the merchant, 
with nothing on the blockchain, and they sell them off-chain, they sell the private key to a terrorist who then uses it to buy, for example, um, uh, ingredients for a bomb. And no amount of analysis or blockchain surveillance is going to tell you anything because there's nothing on the blockchain. I mean, it's all happened off-chain. They were trading private keys. I mean, as a simple example of how it can be done, they compl it's completely useless. They're basically selling the illusion of surveillance. That's my opinion. They're not selling. So this is why I think it's very dangerous to think of Bitcoin as a surveillance coin. I, I personally think it's not a surveillance coin at all. It's very ineffective surveillance coin, in fact, by design. The fact that you have don't have good privacy doesn't mean you have good surveillance. And these guys are basically just selling the illusion of surveillance. That's my opinion on the subject. And it's very dangerous because you can be falsely accused. And I think that's, I think, the point that uh, a lot of people are missing in this, including the regulators, I'm saying. Well, I mean, a surveillance on Bitcoin, you don't think works to any degree, really? Uh, basically, it can be easily fooled. I mean, it's very easy to, to, to manipulate it in order to actually uh, uh, enhance the very thing you're trying to avoid. If, if you're somebody who wants to do money laundering, or wants to do terrorism financing, you can manipulate these companies into actually helping that end. That's how bad it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, because they're, they're making assumptions. They're making assumptions that everything happens on the chain. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, so you think the jig is going to be up at some point with these chain analytics companies, or they're just going to con continue to improve? Well, I don't think they can improve. I mean, I think the jig is going to be up. I mean, a perfect example was from the Financial Asset Task Force. They went ahead and they compared results for illicit activity for seven blockchain surveillance companies, six or seven uh, of them. And they came up with figures uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain between something like 0.5% of transactions to 12.7% of transactions. They're all over the place. And then year to year. And, they were, and then they conclude that the bottom line is a minimum threshold. Well, it's not even that. It's just totally unreliable. And this was just different blockchain surveillance companies that were asked to analyze the Bitcoin blockchain on an average basis. I'm not talking about individual transactions where your probability and error is going to be a lot higher. So on the average totals, they were off between 0.5% and like 12.7% on illicit activity on the Bitcoin blockchain. So what are these guys selling? Mm -hmm. And this is nothing. And, and the data, this is not, the data came from none other than the financial assets task force. These are the guys that are pushing the anti-money laundering stuff on the, on the regulators. Their data shows how totally ineffective this is. So the probability of a false accusation is enormous. I mean, I, I just sit back and listen to this. And I, it is like uh, people talk about Bitcoin as a surveillance coin. I mean, it's, it, yeah, the jig is up. The question is, will the message get through the marketing and the lobbying of these companies are telling the regulators? But essentially, as far as I'm concerned, they're actually enabling money laundering and terrorism finance. I'll go that far. They're enabling it. They're, they actually are, are facilitating it. Because they're giving this false sense of security to exchanges and to uh, banks, etc. That, you know, no KYT is not KYC. KYC is know your customer or know your client. So it's knowledge about the person that is making the transfer. That's what KYC is. Mm -hmm. KYT is claiming that you can replace KYC with this. It's know your transaction, which is a marketing uh, slogan of Chanalysis. And that 
can be all over the place. I mean, this is what the Financial Assets Task Force told you. Mm-hmm. So they should be doing KYC. They should be learning about their customers rather than engaging in, in surveillance on the, on, on the Bitcoin blockchain if they're serious about having an impact on these issues. Mm-hmm. So how would you define, you know, because obviously this is a constant thing that's talked about, Bitcoin's fungibility then? What, what's your current take on the fungibility of Bitcoin? Bitcoin has very strong plausible deniability. That's by design. And so the the original concept in Bitcoin was that you would throw enough error into the system that you could not go to court and prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you're a criminal if you're using Bitcoin. That was the design. And the Bitcoin is good at that. The problem is the standard of proof is very, very low to shut down uh, someone's bank account. It's just an accusation or to send a swap team. So, so you, you're, you can think of Bitcoin providing you fungibility at the level of proof beyond a reasonable doubt, but not at plausible, uh, uh, like a very sort of, like a plausible, uh, let's say, for example, uh, uh, probable cause. So you're in somewhere in between there. And so what can happen is you can accuse somebody. I don't think you even have probable cause, but, but you, can, you can make an accusation big enough that you'll send a SWAT team to someone's home. There's a big difference to, from, from SWATing somebody than convicting them in a, in a fair court of law. And Bitcoin is in between. It's enough to send a SWAT team, but not enough to convict in a court of law. And that's where the danger is. And these chain analysis companies are taking advantage of the... Oh, I call them blockchain surveillance companies, right? Because they're taking advantage of the idea that um, uh, the AML uh, is a risk-based system. They're abusing that in order to sell something that in reality, I mean, and all you have to do is go to the Financial Action Tax Force data, and it says between 0.5%, like 12.7%. Well, it's bound to be a very large number of false are positives that innocent people being accused, and this is and this is actually a problem. So, so you're not going to get convicted in a court of law, but you may get killed by a SWAT team, and that's the the danger with Bitcoin, hmm. because because of the fact that these companies are selling this, and I think it's very dangerous. As I said, if you say it's a good surveillance coin, no, I think Bitcoin is not a surveillance coin at all. It is a lousy surveillance coin by design, and it's not good privacy, but that's an entirely different thing. And so what you want to do, the reason you want to use Monero, in my opinion, with a KYC exchange, in fact, I would consider it a must, is to prevent being falsely accused. Because there's a very significant probability if you were to use a coin like, say, Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash, and you don't use a mix-up because they target that also, or Cash for that matter, uh, or Dash, and you use it and then you pay a merchant, and that merchant becomes compromised by a criminal, then you stand the risk of being falsely accused. Right. A very real risk, yes. Right, which is, ties into the fungibility, right? The, the, yes, and, that, and, and the fields of fungibility at that point. Well, how do you define fungibility? Are you defining it on the basis of uh, probable cause? Or are you defining a, a proof beyond a, a reasonable doubt? I mean, you know, what, what level of, of, of justice system are you applying to that criteria? And, and I think that's the problem, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is that, you know, the, 
the flaw with Bitcoin is that it allows something like chain analytics to exist. Whether or not you think they're good at what they're trying to do is just the fact that they, they can analyze the chain and offer something to the point where it's creating this, this friction uh, in commerce where when you receive a Bitcoin or send a Bitcoin, uh, there's a history that's attached to it that can be analyzed. And then you have to question where that Bitcoin came from because you can. Whereas with Monero, there's no question to be asked. Well, we really take the illusion away. But what I'm saying is that that history may be grossly inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, that's an even higher danger. So, so, yes, you have a history that gives you the illusion of surveillance. But the accuracy of that history could be all over the place. Because ultimately what you're saying is, I mean, like if you go to a, a, a let's say you go to a, to a cafe and you, and you buy a, a meal for, say, $15, and you pay with a $100 bill and you get $80 and some change back. And, the, and one of those $20 bill, before you unbeknownst to you, somebody who was planning a terrorist act but hasn't done it yet, Went in there, bought a meal, and paid with a $20 bill. Now, you get that terrorist $20 bill back. You're not, if you're dealing in cash, you're not accused. You've done nothing wrong. You've done nothing illegal. But you're getting that $20 bill that came back from, from somebody who, who's planning, after having that meal, to get in a plane and hijack. I mean, in 9-11, for example, the hijackers, the night before, they probably went to a place and bought, and bought a meal. And they paid with cash with it. Somebody got those bills back in change. Mm -hmm. Now, if this is Bitcoin and you've got analysis involved, and there, KYT, as far as that innocent person is concerned, becomes a complicit in that terrorist act. That's how simple it is. Right. And that's the problem, and that's the fundamental problem. So it's, 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 it's an inaccurate surveillance. It, it's even worse than the surveillance itself. Because it's it's going to lead to to false false positives. Absolutely, and false negatives. Because you can also manipulate it to make the terrorists look like they're, they're totally innocent. Because you shift it over to the other person before the act is committed. Mm -hmm. So I, it's I, I don't know what to say. Interesting that you that you essentially think that over time, um, it'll be more difficult to surveil Bitcoin. I'm of the opinion that it would. You know they're just going to gain an ability to surveil it's going to improve over time well you know it's actually going to get worse and the reason it's going to get worse is because you're dealing with uh a needle on a haystack problem that's the blockchain even the bitcoin blockchain with this capped limit um but something like bitcoin cash where they have a 32 megabyte limit and they're prepared to expand it uh this it's going to get harder and harder and harder i mean the problem because the other problem that you have is 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 if you look at the binomial coefficient the mathematics of the problem. If I've got n outputs in a blockchain and I've got k tainted outputs that I that I can prove to other tainted, they're trying to way find a way I can choose the k outputs out of the n outputs. Well, that's nothing more than the binomial coefficient that grows uh, that grows as uh, k factorial and n factorial. So there's no way that technology is going to capture the factors make this possible as the blockchain grows. So your cost of using the blockchain grows up grows exponentially. But your surveillance accuracy, uh, the bank goes as, goes as a factorial. So just even the sheer size of it 
it's going to make it less and less effective. But aren't we gaining more data on the people that, you know, heuristics on, on the people that are using Bitcoin and how they're, you know. You're getting more data, but is it useful? You die, you, you, you can be a flood of data. And the question is, how do you extract the useful information out of that data? And the problem has already been identified by even FinCEN in the United States. I mean, identified this problem that as the blockchain grows, it gets harder and harder to do this. Mm -hmm. Because you got too much data. That's the problem. Right, right, right. So, I mean, always interesting, yeah. Arctic Mine. You're always uh, obviously always a step ahead or more than one step. Um, Andre, you know, okay, go ahead. Anything else? I just want to, I just want to move it along to the next guy. Yeah, sure. Andreas, what's going on, man? Doing super good. Listening to, the, to <laughs> our friend Francisco here, which is always interesting. I, I, I do agree with him that the worst, the worst part of all this is the false accusations that we're going to face um and that is sad i mean i if i had to if i had to 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 pick i would i would pick to err in the side of leaving some bad guys go free that putting in jail some good guys by mistake oh, yeah. uh, but it's not but that's nothing that they will care because basically it's, it's cheaper and and it, I mean, it aligns with their incentives to to do so and to play the the act of safety. Uh, nobody's going to complain. I mean, I mean, a few of us are going to complain, but <laughs> at scale, at scale I, I think they're not going to complain. As just as Arctic Man says, I mean, they are they are selling the the, the theater um, delusion. <laughs> they say the illusion of surveillance to to people in governments that are already selling us the delusion of money and control. So basically, they're all in the same side of selling illusions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Linus, you got any uh, opinion on that? You want to chime in? Um, to be honest, <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that much. It was really interesting to hear, to hear Arctic Mines uh, take on this. I also thought like you, Doug, that the more information, the better they get for surveillance, but apparently they don't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I need to continue to absorb and understand that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have to assume Arctic Mine is, is correct, but uh, we'll continue to, to, you know, research and talk to others. Um, don't assume. Don't trust verify. Of course, of course, of course. Check the binomial theorem. Yeah, no, basic I, mathematics. I, that's I, what I'm saying. No, I understand what, what you're saying with regards to that. Obviously, the more data, but um, yeah, what what we do know is most people are obtain their crypto through centralized exchanges by and far, right? Um, and those that are, you know especially those that are, are just getting into crypto now. And so all those on ramps, um, you know, we, we, we know who the people are and we can see what's going on after once they obtain their crypto. I don't know. I mean, obviously this is, uh, this is something that's continuing to evolve. Um, I guess, 
we need we need, I, I need to understand our Arctic's thoughts deeper. You know, I, I I think he's continued to express this in different ways, and I'm just trying to fully comprehend, uh, you know, essentially what it means and how we. So Arctic Mind, how how would you then ultimately describe the differences of scaling aside, uh, but in terms of privacy, fungibility, surveillance, not surveillance, between Monero and Bitcoin, and why uh, one has an advantage over the other? Well, I mean, I think in a simple way, I mean, if you look at Bitcoin's original design, the idea was to preserve the anonymity of the private key. And Monero just does a way better job by many orders of magnitude than Bitcoin does at doing that. So, but that still was the design in Bitcoin. It's just Monero does a phenomenal job at it, while Bitcoin does a very iffy job. But it doesn't mean that it tries and it throws error into a surveillance system. So, I mean, I think that's the way to look at it. I mean, if you go back to the Satoshi paper, Satoshi says this very clearly that the idea of privacy in Bitcoin is to preserve the anonymity of the public key. So, the, in, a, in a, a public key, you do not know who holds that public key. And what Monero has done is done a phenomenal job of doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, Bitcoin is kind of just Mickey Mouse. But it's enough to create enough error uh, to make it dangerous in, in many ways and to give this illusion of surveillance. Right, but you're saying over over time, even that Mickey Mouse way it does it will will be good enough because it's going to become hard, more and more difficult to... Well, in, Bit- in Bitcoin, I think it's a bit more harder. But in Ethereum, for example, if you have scaling, you have enough... Uh, it's like a needle in a haystack. If you make the, the haystack... 10 times larger. You may, what Monero does makes all the needles look like the, the hay. So it kind of hardly tell them apart, but you still have a needle and a haystack problem. So as you increase the amount of data, then of course, finding the, the possible combinations in which you can find the tainted outputs from the uh, total outputs becomes harder and harder because of this uh, probability issue. What's made surveillance somewhat viable in Bitcoin it's the, it's the fact that the, the block size was limited. Interestingly enough, one of the best coins to test this type of surveillance is Dash because it's a very small blockchain. It's a lot smaller than Bitcoin. And in fact, the, the privacy provided by private send, which is the Dash mixing, is de minimis compared to the, the size of the blockchain. So you can actually do blockchain surveillance a lot easier on Dash than you can on Bitcoin. And I will say the same thing about the... Um, the T trans uh, the D transactions in Ccash. It's a lot easier to do it on, on the T transactions of Ccash than it is to do it on Bitcoin just because of the size of the blockchain. You have less transactions to, to process. Mm-hmm. All right, a lot, a lot to absorb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean there, there is some there's a numbers problem here. I mean you the, 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 how much data do you have to process? Right. right. And uh, and and this is the the, the what they're doing in Bitcoin is they're relying a lot on the fact that most most of the economic activity in Bitcoin is happening actually on centralized ledgers of exchanges, and the kind of thing that tracing, which is easy to do, I'm getting, if you want, if I take, let's say I want to buy Monero, and I buy Bitcoin on a KYC exchange, I take it to to a self-hosted uh, Bitcoin wallet, and I take that Bitcoin and move it to another KYC exchange to buy Monero, well. 
I can structure that to make it that easy for a blockchain surveillance company to know that I went from exchange to exchange. It's very easy to do. All you do is you don't mix your Bitcoins at all. So you take your Bitcoin to a new Bitcoin address. You withdraw from exchange A. They go into a one to one and they take the entire address and send it to exchange B. If they know that exchange A and exchange B are uh, KYC exchanges, then they know that the Bitcoins went from exchange A to, a, to one address to exchange B. And there's no even knowledge of what the rest of that wallet is doing. I mean, that's fundamentally a very high level of privacy if you are on the blockchain, because all you know is that X amount of Bitcoin was taken from exchange A to exchange B. It's no different than saying someone took $50,000 draft from Bank of America into Chase. Well, that doesn't tell you anything about the customer who took it. Totally private. So you can do that. I mean, like I said, you can manipulate these things fairly easily for whatever. I mean, I've done it myself. I mean, if I if I want to do that and I want to let them know that I went from exchange A to exchange B, that's what I do. So it's, it's like it's just, I mean, I, I, I laugh at what they're doing. I mean, but basically what they're, they're giving the solution. So they, 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 but I say, but of course you could do that with travel rules. And you can do that just with KYC. All you have to do is say, okay, prove that you own the exchange, the, the address, and, the, and you're, you're the, the user. So you can do it. You don't need to engage in this in this uh, theater. So it's easy to make it work if you want to, if that's to your advantage, and it's even frustrated if that's to your advantage also. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm just going gonna, gonna <laughs> to jump to Andreas once again. Um, we, we announced the, that you guys are going to be at Monerotopia. Do you know who's going to be showing up from... Manaruja team? Yeah, we don't know yet because we are all in different countries. We have different continents with different regulations and different permissions to get into the US. So it's a surprise <laughs> even for us. Even for us. <laughs> like, so yeah, no, we don't know. But we will try to be there um, as many of us as possible. Cool. And we will give you a, a great talk, probably a best a bit less great that that Arctic Mines here, but just <laughs> good enough so it makes the cut. Um, so so yeah, yeah, we're planning to go. Um, oh, also I was thinking two two things. I was thinking one something about what 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 Arctic Mines says here. That the the thing that I do agree is that. In a scenario, maybe I'm just saying anything that. But in a scenario where crypto is actually being cypherpunkishly used, right, between peer-to-peer -peer and not so predominantly between exchanges or people getting on and off exchanges all the time, uh, the more and the more it's used peer-to-peer, -peer, you get more more data, but it's also more difficult to analyze. That, that's the way that I understand it. Because now you have like yeah, between one or two hops. Everybody's touching like a known address and an unknown exchange or a known participant. But when you get to, I don't know, the point but that we are, we're all hoping to get where you can buy groceries with your crypto and then the, the, the man from the groceries buys something uh, for food and then the other man, just in between you have a lot of participants of small wallets that you don't know who they are and what they are doing. And I realized they can throw all the AI that can about that problem and, and quantum computer and make everything super tricky. But I think it's too much that, I mean, it's a lot of people in the world doing a lot of transactions and especially even in something like Bitcoin, when you're not tied to just one address per person, 
it gets complicated. Of course, Monero is better, but I, I do think it's, it's going to it's going to be very interesting and it's going to be very complicated to actually pull that. And in the case that you want to pursue something, I mean, or somebody that you say, okay, I got this terrorist, I can trace their transactions and I want to take it to court, you will need something more than just the analytics of the transactions because you, you will have a lot of possible vulnerability on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's going to be you, the terrorist, with 50 other person that just buy a coffee or something like that. Uh, one hope after what or before or two or where did you draw the line? It's in, in, in the fifth, on the sixth, on the, on the eighth. It's, it's, it's exponential. It's like hundreds of people on court that had to do with something. And I don't see that scaling. I mean, it's, it's just another clue and maybe it's, it's useful. To get to the actual person but you cannot you will not be able to use that i think that effectively in court what they're saying and i think um uh andres point is really really valid is how many hops and this is i think what's at the heart of the discrepancies in the uh fatf data is that different uh blockchain surveillance companies one says three hops one says four hops one says five hops and so on and so they assign arbitrarily they pass judgment on the number of hops and that's what leads to these wild bi uh, variations. So one is saying that it's tainted after two hops, and one is saying it takes 10 hops. And so you get this big discrepancy in, in the data because that's a totally arbitrary judgment. I mean, even if you know that the target address is tainted, how many hops away, that's completely arbitrary. And that's part of it. And the example that I created, I designed it, uh, well, that I designed, actually, I designed it, but it was. It, it, you decided so you minimize the number of hops to maximize the the um so i had the innocent person basically being blamed with about two hops or something uh, uh by by doing it off chain in that matter but this is essentially the issue is that the number of hops you don't know the other issue is very correct of course is this business of uh uh peer-to-peer -peer wallets that's exactly where this completely breaks down uh, if you like one and we exchange A to exchange B with a, an intermediate, something like that, you could you could do it, but it breaks down in 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 the in the small wallets. The other one, which is careful mistake that a lot of some people have made, is that they will take say hundred bitcoins and split it up into amounts of 0.01 bitcoin, and they spread it all over the place, and that's fine. And then they reassemble it all together, and that's when the the blockchain surveillance company has some correlation that they can actually present. So that's the one edge case where they can actually present something. But you need some, you know, someone like recombining 10,000 outputs or something into one big output. Uh, essentially, what they would be doing is let's say they got 100 bitcoins and they want to run it through a mixer, a 0.01 bitcoin a chart. So that, that's been attempted, and, and they claim that they can the whole thing converges back on itself. So that's an example, but it'd be people are not going to make that mistake, and that's the problem with this. But anyway, it's an interesting, very interesting subject. But very, my, like I said, I actually have real problem. I personally would have a real fear of using a coin like Litecoin or Bitcoin or and using it for a peer-to-peer -peer purchase. I would really have fear because there's a really strong possibility that you could be framed. That would be my. If you just want to move from KYC exchange to KYC exchange, that's okay. I mean, because you can play. You, you know, you, you at least have somebody you can go after. 
like without mixing it with your own. So if you take Bitcoin out of one KYC exchange and take it to another KYC exchange to your own wallet, yeah, you'll be fine. But uh, other than that, I wouldn't touch it. That's the sad part about it, that everybody just ends up using centralized exchanges for everything. That's just exposed to the price. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just the easiest thing to do now. And people are, for the most part, just speculating anyway, right? They're not really doing anything else with mm -hmm. crypto, most people. Nick, are you, are you still there? you have any comments based on everything that's being said here? You still have Nick up there? I see he was posting. <laughs> Nick uh, went on. He's gone. Post, he's posting comments. He's gone. He's gone. He, he didn't want to hurt your feelings, but yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for 30 minutes. <laughs> he's slow. No, he's back. He's back. He's, he's, back. Back. Uh, he's gone. Oh, no. I'm From back. the shower. I'm back, guys. <laughs> Nick, any, um, any comments? Yeah, so you want I agree with. It? I agree with uh, Arctic Mind's comments about the KYC and everything. I think KYT is really interesting and. Uh, you know, I'd like to learn about more of how they actually do KYT instead of KYC. Any thoughts on that, Arctic? Like, what, what's, what's their methodology for um, doing KYT? Well, I mean, it comes down, I think, to making this judgment call on how many hops and making an arbitrary allegation after X number of hops, it's tainted before it's not, or assigning a probability if it's one hop away, it's higher risk, and if it's 10 hop away, it's lower risk in a totally arbitrary fashion, and then wrapping it up in a big uh, uh, wrapper of a nice interface and all that, and marketing that as a product. I mean, it's what it is. Uh, but when you get down to what it does, I, I, the term that I have heard, and I've heard this term from... Uh, actual people in compliance, is surveillance theater. I mean, I in 2019, I went to a Bitcoin conference, and it's a great way to do it. Show up at a Bitcoin conference wearing a Monero t-shirt. Then you find out that you're on the core team of Monero. And then they introduce you to their compliance officer as a way of throwing the compliant officer into the deep end. This is, this is actually... And they tell you, I mean, it's, you know, because... What these guys are doing is they're hiding behind non-disclosure agreements. They're hiding behind a lot of the people in the exchanges know what's going on. I mean, uh, people like Jesse and uh, Powell and, and, and Kraken, he knows what's going on, but his hands are tied. His hands are tied by the non-disclosure agreements and by the pressure from the regulators. But they know what's going on. Mm -hmm. The people that are there, they know what's going on. They know this stuff as a broad-based tool is useless. Now, in very specialized cases where you have a police investigation, not as an AML tool, and you have all sorts of correlating data, you might be useful. I'm not denying, but it's a very rare specialized case. And that does not build a multi-billion dollar company. You need the bulk analysis claim, which is not really analysis, it's sort of a failed surveillance. And that's what you need in order to sell this big company. If all you're going to have is one edge case, that someone made a mistake. I mean, it's a well-known fact in law enforcement. Criminals get caught because they make mistakes. Any law enforcement officer will tell you that. And so, and so, yeah, I mean, if they make a mistake and these guys can catch it, yeah, but that's not an effective tool to attempt to detect money laundering on a, on a broad basis. It isn't. 
And it's, and it's incredibly, because they're, they're, they're not really, they don't have any correlation, they have no other information, they're just making an arbitrary choice. There's a state that's X number of hops, you're bad, we're going to shut down your account and take your money. Or make it very difficult for you to get it back. Got it. Nick, anything else you want to throw in there? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, yes, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And um, just another thing that was on my mind was uh, the 21 cap limit for Bitcoin. And, you know, like El Salvador, um, when they implemented this as a legal tender, I'm just curious as to how they're not thinking long term enough to once Bitcoin switches from a Coinbase model to the transaction fee model. Like it's the security will be very unstable, you know? Like, I'm just wondering why they haven't thought long-term enough about that problem. I mean, I know what to say about this. I mean, I sold my <laughs> Bitcoins for Monero in 2014 and 2015 over this very issue. Yeah. And if you actually look at how Monero fees work, what it shows is that in Monero, the, the fee and reward, and this is with the constant uh, uh, tail emission, the fee and reward will fall or stay constant over time as the block size increases. So the evidence, and if you just look at the evidence, you go to BitInfo charts, you take a look at uh, fee and reward for Bitcoin, and it's falling even with the halvings because actually transaction rates in, fall, in Bitcoin have fallen on, on chain. Right. So it's a ticking time bomb. I mean, uh, and 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 you, and there has been no replacement of block rewards with transaction fees in Bitcoin. You don't see that at all. Going back to 2011, you see roughly the same amount of uh, transaction fees in terms of Bitcoin. That hasn't changed. It's got, actually in some ways it's actually gone down. And uh, so 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 the idea that transaction fees are going to replace block reward, even with the, even with the limited block size. Uh, well, it's simply not happening. And if you look at the fee and reward of Bitcoin Cash, it's well below that of Monero. Uh, so, I mean, people can look at data, blind themselves and invest in something. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's a really big problem. It's huge. And and it's, it's, it's one of those things that people in the Bitcoin community don't want to talk about. It's way worse than the privacy thing, in my opinion, actually, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think so, too. We will see when we get there. P Peter Todd uh, talks about it a little bit. Yes, Peter Todd was also a Monero Conferenco. Yes. Uh, I probably heard my talk. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but, I mean, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, uh, uh, and... and uh, I mean, keep in mind the original core team in Monero, um, before I got involved, people like uh, Ricardo, like Fluffy Pony, for example, they were miners. I mean, if you were in 2013, and you know, uh, Ricardo, he was selling mining rigs. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, not the rigs, but the structures to, to actually put all the GPUs and so on to do uh, GPU mining. So, so this stale emission came from the point of view of miners in the early core team of Monero, which was dominated by miners. And that's where it came from. And so they, they said, well, we don't think that this is going to work. So we're going to want to make sure the miners are going to get paid. Mm -hmm. And this is where this one, and the 1% number was, was chosen just to be below the, the historical inflation rate of gold. That was the idea. So you, so you keep the Austrians happy. Mm 
basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, exactly. yeah, I mean, if you're below gold, you you, you can't you, you meet the standard for hard money. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's, yeah, I don't know what to say, but I mean, but but yeah, I mean, the, it's a ticking time bomb. It's been it's been identified by a lot of critics of Bitcoin. It started from even some of the central banks. I've seen the World Bank criticize this. The question this has been criticized by a lot of people. But nobody in the in the in the cryptocurrency community wants to admit it because it's not just Bitcoin; it's everybody else, with the notable exception of Dogecoin and Monero. Are the, I guess the World Bank criticized what? They were talking about this scaling problem and the fee falling and the security issue. Yes, there was nope. an article. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And Bitcoiners' argument against that is, oh, there's going to be block space demand in the future, and people are willing to pay high fees for that. But I mean, with so many chains out there. It's like why would I why would I transact on the Bitcoin chain when I can just switch to another lower fee chain? You know. Yeah, I mean, but, the real hypocrisy too is that they, you know, one of the the tenets of, of Bitcoin is that they're security first, right? It's all about security first, maintaining the security of the network. The design decisions are based on that, and here we are with you know a big question mark as to the future security of Bitcoin. So. I, I, that's where I see the most hypocrisy with it, and I understand you, why they're they're stuck in that. It's because it's all about the meme of twenty one million coins only. It's huge, but it's also you know close to of the neighborhood of a trillion dollars worth of net worth based on this meme, and based on this idea that this thing is actually decentralized, which it is not. This is why you know you get people like Peter Schiff, for example, criticizing Bitcoin, or you or, or Warren Buffett, and and they have they have a point. Is it what does it do? What is the point of this? Because if you cannot use it transactionally for peer-to-peer transactions, what exactly is the point? And what you have is, my view, is banks masquerading as cyberpunks. Basically. Yeah, and this issue is even more important than the fungibility. Because if the coin doesn't work, you know, what's the point of it being fungible? So I think. I mean, the, there was a case of Coinbase. They, the uh, Community Futures Trading Commission, they said you have to settle on chain for futures contracts and derivatives and so on. And Coinbase wrote against that in 2018, saying, "If we did that, the Bitcoin ch- uh, blockchain would not have the capacity to handle our transaction volume alone." What that tells me is that there's this huge banking-based, ledger-based Bitcoin economy, which is happening on these centralized exchanges. But, pe- but people have been led to believe that this is cyberpunk. It's not. <laughs> Good stuff, guy. I mean, we, we could... Let our I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about this. Hey, and uh, everybody will continue to tune in. Arctic, what? <laughs> any thoughts on what your talk is going to be based on for Monerotopia? Have you? Have you- uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be talking basically about a lot of the scaling changes that are, that are happening with the hard fork. Uh, a lot of even some of the stuff that I've been mentioning here, uh, and a lot of the fundamental issues around uh, um, the, the the scaling impacts and the. Um, Falling on block rewards and so on, and, and sort of because the, the thing about understanding Monero scaling, of course, is that what it tells you about Bitcoin is actually quite scary. 
I mean, you, you design, I mean, I, I set out to design a scaling, a way of setting the minimum fee in, in Monero that was decentralized and it was, uh, that was my objective. I didn't set out to demonstrate the failure of Bitcoin, but that's what I ended up doing. Because in order to do that, the first, you end up getting the second. So if you look at how Monero scaling works and how it works and how the, the block size, uh, you know, the changes that uh, are going in in the hard fork, which stabilize the, the fees and so on, this kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of what I'm going to be talking about, but it's also some of the ramifications. The other one that's interesting um, and I plan to be talking about also is uh, estimates on um, uh, price versus uh, historical estimates versus block size, block size, number of transactions, how number of transactions correlate to price. I did some of that uh, for for a virtual conference last uh, last year, and uh, and it was also as part of the research for um, for the uh, for the changes for the hard fork. And uh, basically, most cases it's between linear and quadratic. So, like if you go uh, if you double the number of transactions, the price should be go should go between doubling and four times. Uh, with the notable exception of Bitcoin, since about 2015 2016, where you get this massive increase in price and no corresponding increase in transactions on the blockchain, or in fact even falling transactions. So what is happening there is that what you're not measuring is what's happening on these centralized ledgers, which is on the exchanges ledgers, and that's what's driving the price. So it's driven by this economic activity off-chain. And so you get this discrepancy, which you don't see in Monero, which you don't see in coins such as Dogecoin or Litecoin or Dash, um, or Bitcoin in its first five, six years of existence, for that matter. So do you think that Monero's um, lack of rise in price could be due to not being listed on many exchanges? Well, it's not getting that kind of, but I don't think that's the reason. I think it's being, okay. there's, a, there's a major discrepancy in the market that people aren't realizing of value. There's a, I think the lack of rising price in some ways has been a lot of the, the FUD that's been thrown around by these chain analysis or yeah, blockchain yeah, surveillance sure. companies. I mean, they have, so yeah, I mean, not being listed on exchanges has definitely been a factor, but it's just people haven't realized it. Yeah, that's basically what's happening uh, is that it's being pushed out of the scene. I mean, if you're if you're a company that's doing blockchain surveillance, the last thing you want is Monero flipping in Bitcoin. I mean, that's that's the nightmare. If you're an investor in some election analysis, the last thing you want to see is Monero flipping in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like bear raid on their on their stock. What a beautiful day that will be. <laughs> they will dry up their tears with money like this. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's it's like it's like I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean that's basically what, what. So they'll do everything they can to suppress the price of Monero. Uh, and I, I think Arctic, you have think? to you have to believe that the Monero not being on as many exchanges is having a tremendous effect on the price. No. Like for I do. No, no, I do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it definitely has an impact. Mm -hmm. But it's a sustainable, that's the question. I don't think it is on the long term, but it's definitely having a very negative impact on price. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're 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 making that access harder, but you're also creating this divergence from the with the fundamentals in the sense of the, that you have the rising transaction rates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I mean, definitely keeping Monero off centralized exchanges is a way of suppressing the price. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, guys, we're literally at the two-hour mark here. <laughs> yeah. It's a very television. short episode. <laughs> uh, it was great. This is, it was this is awesome amazing. Episode, yeah. um, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. I think there is a community meeting that is happening now. Yeah, it's happened, I think. Oh, it happened. Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Do you know if they uh, decided on what's going on with MoneroCon? Is it, did they pick a date? No, I think that was the next one. Oh, that's the next one. Yeah, that, this one starts right now, from what I understand. I think well, I'm going to try to jump one. in on that one. Um, oh, okay. Thank you guys so much. Arctic Mine, always a, a pleasure when you grace us with your, with your tremendous brain. Uh, great <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Nick, thank, thanks for jumping on, being a, a, you know, jumping on stage. Please jump yeah, on course. anytime. anytime. <laughs> Linus, thank you so much, man. Uh, really enjoyed your report, and thanks for helping out with getting guests. Andreas, always, man. Pleasure having you. Thank you. And hope Can to I see just- you. In person. Can I just clarify an error that I made last week? Sure. sure. <laughs> when we announced, yeah, because I should. Um, <laughs> the 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 tour the third support in Monerujo for the Onion notes that is already done and it's live on the beta channel. But the the seed that I talked about that we were about to implement, I mixed up seeds. I was talking about the Tebador 14 words something seed that is used in Feather Wallet with the, um, when you have the block height to restore. That is not true. We are doing another seed. <laughs> the offset, the offset passphrase seed that, that is already funded and we are working on is a seed that is just like the Monero seed. We didn't invent it. People asked for us to implement it. Uh, it's the, the usual the usual seed that you have. But you have an extra word that is like the 26th word there that you can pick yourself. So basically acts like a password or something for your seed. You could store, I don't know, you create a wallet. You you, you write down the 20, 25 words of your wallet. Mm-hmm. And when you create it, you pick a, a 26th. And that word, you don't write it down with the rest because Otherwise, it doesn't right. have kind of any like purpose. Okay. You remember it, and or you write it somewhere else, and when you restore it, it's a it's its own its own wallet basically. Hmm. So it's like an it can of access as a decoy wallet, or it might work as a decoy wallet. Um, it's very useful. It's, there are a lot of scenarios that are that, that is useful, but I know we are way way above the, our our time here. But that's the one that we are implemented implementing about to implement very cool very cool so thank you i'm thank sorry you. for my mistake last week <laughs> nobody <laughs> complained so i don't know but, yeah, i felt and, like oh, fuck. <laughs> and you still have a lot of open uh features that you're trying to fund right now right a lot of open uh, yeah not a lot a couple of them i mean the big one is the psychic one that is super mm-hmm. big but the other one i think it's uh, support for different color themes and the other one that I really love, but and it's quite smaller, that is the pocket change one, which is a feature that breaks up the change when you do transactions. You enable it; it gives you more more UTXO. So when you want to spend again, you have to le- wait less time to make a the following transaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, very you don't have to wait for the twenty, yeah. or or it diminishes the chance that you have to wait for the twenty minutes. Wait, how, does, how is that working? How is that working? 
Well, the devil is in the details because there are many ways to 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 try to solve that. I mean, for example, uh, in Fellow Wallet, you can pick with which utility source you are going to use, so you are have to main, kind of do it manually. Yeah. The, the approach that we are we are going for is that you enable that, and it basically, when it creates a transaction, it will create more change for you, mm -hmm. so to speak. It will break up the change in more in more in more chunks. So eventually, you get more and more. And what I said that the is in the digital is because, well, I'm here next to Arctic Mine. I feel like ashamed of talking about this, but <laughs> you have you have to you have to to find like a good compromise between not creating like thousands and thousands of 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 dust, basically, that is worth it, and, and that will make your transactions more expensive. But at the same time, having regularly like change to to spend when you want to spend again, you have unused. You have unlocked funds to do so, right? So you have no notes or change to to use for that purpose. So that's currently that's the yeah that's that's the ten transaction hold on the money mm -hmm. issue. Yes. So if you so you can turn around and you split it into enough output so that you can turn around and spend a coffee shop and then go to the next coffee shop buy another cup of coffee. And conference and you want to buy coffee and you want to have t-shirts in less than twenty minutes apart. Yeah, yeah, you, exactly. can, you can do so. Yes, that that's specifically aimed for conferences and beers and stuff like that. Yeah, now, so really, the, the way that people should think about it is just like in real in real life. At least here in real life, we still use a lot of paper cash. <laughs> in my country, is that you want to break up your 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 bills as often as possible so you can spend again and you you don't run into issues. That that's kind of the 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 philosophy. And of course, it's something that you will have to opt into. Um, and the UX is still to be to be to be decided. Uh, maybe it's a, a slider, which is like, like more or less, or mm. based on the amount, or based on the percentage of the money that you have. So we still have to decide. It, but that's the principal idea: is to to figure out a way that to minimize people waiting for the next transaction. Yeah, it's it's about the only way to get around the the ten block uh, limit. Is basically what it is. Yes, it's it's a good feature. No, could be wrong. You know, it's it's one of these little things that. You don't run around buying cups of coffee with a wad of $100 bills. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, that's and, the and analogy, I, really. Andreas, just yeah. to be clear, that's so you're, you guys are trying to get funding. That's one of the things you're trying to get funding for? That, that funding is open, yes. That is okay. open. Okay. People are already funded for that, but it's not fulfilled yet. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, encourage people that are watching the show, go to Monero's page, check out which things are trying to get funding for. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent of the sidekick. Love to see that. I, oh, I, I never got my NFT, and I gotta I gotta figure that out, right? Uh, you I'll have be... to provide us the the address. Yes. No, I did. I sent you the address, but then I never um, did the the MetaMask thing and all that stuff, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean the address to receive the NFTs. Yes, yes, yes. I will send you that. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Thanks to Thank to. You. To Cake Wallet, as always, for sponsoring this show. Uh, once again, yeah, we were announcing them as this week. We announced them as one of the the uh, sponsors for uh, Monerotopia too. They got the the stage sponsorship, which is which is huge. So as always, thanks to them, they they keep this show going and certainly uh, keep the ecosystem going. And Mano, thanks again, man, for the watch. I'm I'm wearing it. I love it. He's very excited about it. <laughs> the narrow watch. I don't, I don't know if this is off. safe to wear, though, in public, right? I mean, I don't know if I want to be. Uh... 
You should wear it with your sweater. <laughs> <laughs> with my, yeah, I should just be all decked out, all decked out of Monero gear. Why I will not? take photos. Don't worry, people. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, again, don't forget to go to Monerotopia.com and purchase your ticket today. Again, it's early, but prices are going to go up. And with that being said, thank you everyone for joining us. We will see you next week. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to monerotalk.live slash subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.